0: I think the most important part is communicating, right? So, you know, if you've got a period of time where you know it's going to be tough, uh, you've got a lot on your plate, you know, you got to communicate that to those around you so that, you know, they know that, you know, we're sacrificing now so that it will be better later. And then you have to be, disciplined (laughs) and knowing when you got to kind of shift the focus, right?
1: Welcome to the Passion Struck Podcast. My name is John Miles, a former combat veteran and multi-industry CEO turned entrepreneur and human performance expert. Each week we showcase an inspirational person and message that helps you unlock your hidden potential and unleash your creativity and leadership abilities. Thank you for spending time with me today, and let's get igniting. Thank you for joining me today on the Passion Struck Podcast. Secretary of Defense General Lloyd Austin III said, when the situation changes so that the facts are no longer valid, or the assumptions that you made are no longer appropriate. And I think you have to go back and revisit your plan. And these simple words are a great introduction for our guest today, my friend and Tampa Bay entrepreneur and executive Hugh Campbell. In our discussion today, Hugh will go through his life as a West Point Cadet, his transition into becoming an army officer, and then joining the civilian world and how after spending several years in industry, he decided to reinvent himself in his career and became a multiple entrepreneur with several successful exits. I think you have so much to look forward to today and I am thrilled to have you on the show. But let's learn a little bit more about Hugh. Hugh is a veteran, a serial entrepreneur, and is very proud a senior member of the Tampa Bay business community. He is currently the president of AC4S Technologies, a business support technology organization. He sits on the board of trustees for Baycare Healthcare, a $4.5 billion organization with over 29,000 employees. And if that's not enough, he is also the chairman of the board of the CEO Council of Tampa Bay. Hi, I'm thrilled today to have Hugh Campbell as my guest on the Passion Struck podcast. Thank you much for joining the show, Hugh. Your background is so impressive from graduating from West Point to now becoming a five-time serial entrepreneur. Welcome to the
0: show. John, thanks so much for having me. We really appreciate you uh, extending the invitation.
1: Well, thank you again for being here. Hugh, the purpose of our show is to help others unlock their hidden potential and ignite their passion journeys. I wanted to ask you to tell your story and how you went from attending West Point to becoming a serial entrepreneur and building a company, which is close to generating a half a billion dollars in revenue over the past 15 plus years.
0: Wow. uh, It's a a lot of stuff in there, obviously. So the military, obviously, uh, graduating from West Point. Uh, you go into the army for a few years, which I really enjoyed, learned a lot, traveled many places, did many things, but ultimately led me here to the Tampa Bay area. But uh, I thought that there might be something beyond the military, so I and uh, I really fell in love with Tampa. <laughs> so I decided to to exit the military and stay in this region, uh, and that was just you know a great, great uh, thing for me. Actually went into the corporate environment, uh, worked in a great, great company called Intermedia Communications. Many folks have been around for many years might remember that uh, organization. It was about a billion dollar company doing uh, all kinds of great things in the telecommunications field. But ultimately, I was presented with an opportunity to go do a startup with some folks from that organization, uh, got introduced to some venture capitalists out of New York City, who really had an, uh, the idea for the company, um, but they were money people and, and they ultimately needed operators. And so me and a couple other folks uh, became the, the, the leadership team for that uh, idea and that concept, and, uh, and off we went. Well,
1: that's great, and and since then, uh, that was your your first one, and since then, you've been involved in multiple others. How did you go from that one to igniting your passion to to start doing the next one?
0: That's a great question. So, when we started our first company, we had, you know, as as I say, other people's money. Um, so the venture capitalists were were great in that. We got the opportunity to learn a lot. And, uh, you know, certainly they were driven by return on investment and all those right. things that you hear about. But ultimately, they decided that we were going to sell that company. Uh, we ended up selling it off, actually, in pieces and parts, quite honestly. And when we finished that, uh, I knew that I could not go back into the corporate environment. I had that taste. And you know, we knew we could do it, we could take a, a, a an idea from concept to reality and generating revenue and hiring employees and doing this and all those things. So that experience gave us the confidence and, and really the, the passion, as you would say, to do it again. So I was looking around, trying to figure out what the next thing I was gonna start. And uh, I was approached by a couple of different people who knew that I was in the market, so to speak, to try to figure out what I was going to do next? And uh, they, they had this idea for another company, and this was post nine eleven, and um, it was going back in and, and helping our our military. Oh no and, kidding! And initially, I was not very enthusiastic about that, quite honestly, because you know I was having a I was having a blast. Uh, making good money and and getting the exposure to, to all those new and wonderful things and venture capital and all those things, and I, I really wasn't too enthusiastic about going back into that military paradigm, the military industrial complex, but uh, they kept after me, and uh, I finally saw the light and I said, hey, you know, we should we should give the world, and so. I called everybody and said, hey, let's get together, at least have a meeting and see what might be possible. And, um, and that that meeting was at the West Shore. I think it was the Wyndham Grand or something it was called at that point. Yeah. We sat in the lobby bar and, and started charting out how we might make a go in the, um, in the federal sector. And uh, as I said, uh, away we went.
1: <laughs> well, that's great.
0: Well since you brought
1: up you know the federal sector you know recently we've heard some news about your alma mater and the, the cheating scandal that's been going on and I, this is a topic i understand very well as i was on the brigade honor staff during the mm. largest cheating scandal the double e scandal in naval yeah. academy history yeah you know so from your perspective you know what do you think of the situation as a graduate and second part how has the honor code impacted you know, your life since then and how it serves as a backdrop for you?
0: Well, so first off, any, anything that tarnishes the, the image and, and all that, because there's really high expectations for all of the service academies, right? You know, the, the service academies are built to, to bring the, the nation's best and brightest to help solve the toughest problems that our country ha- has. Sometimes that's in conflict in war, uh, but many other times it's um, all of the, the various issues that face our, our country that you know the leaders that graduate from all of the service academies are expected to go solve and to serve, to continue to serve. so, so any, anything that tarnishes that image is, is just you know bad, right? Um, these things happen on occasion, you know. People are involved, right? <laughs> so, right. Uh, nothing's perfect, so it's um, obviously very disappointing. But uh, uh, you know, they'll get past it. They'll they'll get over it, and I'm sure the leadership will take the appropriate actions and hold those people accountable.
1: And how has you know having that honor code as something you know yeah. that was ingrained in both of us impacted? How how has that impacted you since then and professionally?
0: So, you know, every organization that I have led, you know, you, you got to set the tone. And as as the person that's out front leading the charge on whatever it is that you're involved in, you you set the tone, you set the culture and we, you know, in, in startup companies and in the entrepreneurial world and. And those types of communities, uh, we talk about culture and, you know, it wasn't very, not too long ago, the company I'm running now, one of my folks suggested that we, we not tell a customer a, a piece of information that would have been to their benefit. And, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of it, but, you know, and you know we had several new people on board, and and but I saw the opportunity to say once again, that's not how we operate. You know, we 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 look after our customers. We're open and honest with our customers, and uh, you know sometimes that's to their benefit, and sometimes that's to our benefit. So that's just not how we roll. And right. I, I don't want to be a part of any. Organization that is ever questioned about its integrity. You know, my dad was a Methodist minister, right? And, you know, we grew up in a household where you had better be dead to not go to church on Sundays, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the West Point duty honor country, a cadet will not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do. Uh, it's just really an extension of how we were raised. And, you know, whatever organization I'm running and a part of, we're going to do the right thing. And we're going to be open, we're going to be honest. And sometimes that's sticky. Sometimes it's hard, but that's the best thing, you know. And, and, and in fact, you know, you know, we talked about the harder right instead of the easier wrong, doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Right, that's what we talk about, right? So that's just how we roll. Okay.
1: Well, thank you. Speaking about how you roll, I, I recently saw a couple <laughs> pictures of you on what looked to be uh, doing gymnastics on a tr- trampolines, <laughs> and I think it had uh, something to do with uh, you being the chairman of the board of the CEO uh, Council of Tampa Bay and then having a fun excursion, but uh, can you tell me about the excursion and then... Tell me so, a little bit about that organization
0: sure, sure, sure. so uh, those pictures were um we uh, the CEO council of Tampa bay uh, we uh, we do lots of different things, and um, you know I like to call it the sanctuary for CEOs, so you know you've heard the term it's lonely at the top and all those things. well, it doesn't have to be and you know, we look out after leaders, and uh, we we look out after them from a, a professional perspective, and also from a personal perspective too. And so, the pictures that you saw was one of our uh, travel clubs, and uh, we uh, took a bunch of folks down to uh, over to the east coast of of Florida, and just had a a, a great weekend uh, with family friends. In that particular instance uh, a bunch of us got to do uh, some trampoline and excuse me some trapeze work <laughs> that turned to be turned out to be pretty fun so um for 2021 i'm the the uh, current chairman of the board for the CEO council and really that's been um, a labor of love I, I absolutely love the organization you know i'm not I'm not a guy that you know, you get to a certain point and you forget where you came from and you forget all your friends. But I will say that uh, many of uh, my friends over the last 10 years or so have come from the CEO Council um, because, you know, it's where you go to ask questions. Hey, am I going down the right path? Am I, Is my thought process the, the right thing? Validation of your concept, your ideas. Because no matter what you're going through in whatever organization you're leading, somebody in the CEO council has been through that. If you're trying to raise capital, you have problems with your CFO, lawsuits, selling, increasing sales, revenues, um, all of those issues, somebody's been through it. You know, we had an issue with uh, some folks with franchising. And it's, oh, well, if you're thinking about franchising, you should go talk to this guy because, you know, they franchised and they grew from three locations to 50 locations, you know. So there's plenty of those examples. And um, I'm just uh, tickled pink that my peers and contemporaries would afford me the opportunity to lead the organization.
1: Yeah, I think for a, an an on, whether you're an entrepreneur or, you know, you're someone who wants to you know, get on the, the, the track of uh of having a different mindset. You know, having advisors in your life, I've I've found that to be incredibly important in, in helping you with the accountability journey as well. <laughs> so, it, you know, how if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, what are what are other mechanisms that you used in the past before you had this council to you know to have that type of uh, camaraderie or accountability? ecosystem?
0: Yeah. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur or, you know, starting out, uh, you you always want to find uh, those advisors. And sometimes it's a board of advisors. Sometimes it's more formal. It's a board of directors. I've had a couple of different boards over the years uh, serve as a, both advisory and, and both as board of directors. And, and that uh, is very important. Because it can it can you know from a personal and professional perspective as as the leader of the organization, just like you said, you gotta you gotta get somebody to hold you accountable, right? Um, ask you the questions, the tough questions. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? How are you executing on plan A, plan B, whatever it is that you're working on? Why didn't you get that accomplished? What was the impediment to getting that accomplished? What are you going to change? What are you going to do differently? So it's very important to, to assemble uh, that team around you to hold you accountable. Um, and the other thing for advisors and and, and board of directors, those folks, are gonna, if you choose the right people who are passionate uh, about whatever it is you're trying to get done, Uh, They can help you and open doors for you uh, and get you that meeting that you might not necessarily get, Uh, introduce you to capital, introduce you to potential customers, if you're doing acquisitions.
1: Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things,
0: You know, hey, you know, there's a company over here that you might want to look at merging and or acquiring, whatever. Um, all of those things. So it's very important to to get that team around you. And uh, I've had board of advisors, I've had board of directors, in various companies. Okay, well,
1: that's you know that's great advice, and it's very important that the entrepreneur you know, or that person who's wanting to, to change their life listens to it, takes it to heart. Uh, Cause I've seen situations where, you know, I've tried to work with people as well. And, you know, they, you think they're hearing you, but they, they, they don't really uh, do anything with the guidance. So that can be, you know, I found it to be frustrating in the past. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, often, you know, I have this one, CEO, I tried to guide time and time again, because he had this um, huge concept he was trying to implement. And I kept telling him, how do you know there's a customer for that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to start in micro bits and test those, because what you think may be the product might not be the product they're interested in. And, you know, in in his case, it actually took him going to the Silicon Valley and having five VCs tell him the same thing Mm -hmm. before he came back and then. You know, it became his idea, but <laughs> I'm sure you've been in that situation before.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you're if you're providing uh, advice and counsel, and and uh, they don't ad- uh, adhere to it, it's uh, kind of frustrating. But you know, ultimately, they will learn.
1: <laughs> you know, so one of the things I saw by by you know knowing you and and looking uh, at your background is over the course of you know your time since. Uh, West Point, you've had to reinvent yourself many times. And, you know, I think that's happening more and more to people now. And during that time, what, what are some of the biggest fears you had to overcome, you know, to go from where you were to, to where you are now?
0: Well, you know, um, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, certainly, you know, 2020 and, and uh, 2021 have been challenging for the entire planet. And it's forced people to, you know, seriously reassess what they're doing. I think the biggest thing is, you know, overcoming your fear, right? I was on a call not too long ago. And one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, last year when the, uh, when the pandemic started, you know, lots of folks were figuring out how to hang on to the revenue they had and the business model they had. And that's fine. That's probably okay. But really, what you should be doing and should have done is looking at the new opportunities that presented themselves. You know, there's an age old saying in every crisis, there's opportunity. And, you know, if you're stuck looking in the rearview mirror on what you once had, from a business model perspective, a customer perspective, whatever, revenue. um, If you're stuck looking in the rearview mirror, you're not looking forward. And if you're the leader of the organization, you need to be thinking about what's next, not what happened before. It's really not your job. Uh, I mean,
1: that's a a very good point. Yeah, because I've been with, you know many organizations. You know, I'll take one here locally, um, Catalina Marketing, mm-hmm. where for so many years um, they relied on the revenue that came from their in-store printer devices. When the market was shifting underneath them, yep. And I, you know, you take that scenario, and had they started to alter their path years before, they could have continued to command. That uh, leadership position they had, but um, you know, unfortunately for them, Coupons Inc. and then other providers (laughs) came in and kind of undercut uh, their business model.
0: Absolutely, and um, you know, there's just plenty of examples of folks that looking in the rearview mirror uh, as opposed to what's coming. I mean, just tons of examples. I mean, from you know Eastman Kodak to Blockbuster to You know, the newspaper industry, right? I mean, so, I mean, there's just tons and tons of examples. And, you know, it used to be that, hey, you better watch out because there's some kid in Silicon Valley that's going to change your business model. Well, it wasn't a kid in Silicon Valley. It was, you know, it was a pathogen, right? It was a virus uh, that changed so many business models, you know. I don't know what the answer is, but, but the cruise industry, they should be asking themselves, what are they doing? going to do differently? How can they change their business model given, you know, everything that's happened? Their whole thing was, you know, we're going to spend a billion dollars on a brand new ship, right? And we're going to stuff as many people on, on this ship as, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people on this ship and, you know, try to make as much money as we can on one cruise you know, what does that look like in 2021 and 2022, right? You know, so that, again, there's plenty of examples. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Face the music, <laughs> step up to the plate and, and figure out what's next.
1: Yeah, on, on those lines, I'm, uh, I've been seeing what I call as a growing rise of comfort and the idea of apathy. And I call them, you know, you were talking about a pathogen. I call these the contagions of the human mind and the contagion of the human spirit. Mm -hmm. And they're both enemies of passion. Yet we have more and more people embracing comfort and empathy rather than the hardships of of pursuing a great life, a passionate life, a purpose-driven life. And I'm especially seeing it, you know, kind of with the next generations. And, you know, I think some of it has to do with um, the distracted economy. But um, the other thing I am seeing, and, you know, I'd like to ask your opinion on it, is I'm just not seeing people show up the way they used to, whether that's showing up for their friends, showing up for work, showing up for their family. Is this something you have seen? And, you know, what are your thoughts on it?
0: Well, I, I think that uh, certainly there's some uh, risk, I guess you could say, with um with those uh, next generations, but I, I I also talk to quite a few folks, and and you know, we were just talking about the service academies a minute ago. Um, you know, there are plenty of kids, youngsters, that still sign up, raise their hand, and, and decide to put their country before themselves, and and take the oath. So. You know, I, I hear uh, lots of lots of uh, folks in in leadership positions, you know, concerned about what the next generation is going to be like. I, I think, you know, it's going to be different, obviously. Um, it's not going to be the same, you know, as, as it has been, but they'll be just fine. <laughs> they'll be just fine. You know, it's incumbent upon us to find those diamonds in the rough. And grow them, mentor them, and show them the path. And uh, you know that's really our challenge, right? We we got to go out and find those kids. They, they 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 exist. They're out there. They just need to be motivated. They need to be inspired. Uh, they need to be passionate. And uh, we 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 can expose them to those things, and we can show them the path. And uh, I think we'll be okay.
1: Well, speaking of those those kids, I mean, you and I have youngsters growing up. You know, I I now have a, a 22 year old who um has now embarked on his first job but yeah. you know, on that same same lines um you know if you could talk to your 24 25 year old self what is the words of wisdom you, you would give yourself
0: oh wow my 24 25 year old self um don't be afraid of change um nothing stays the same go out and attack and be passionate Uh about that next thing. You know, when I was in my twenties, I, you know, I was still in the military, you know, wondering if I was gonna make a career out of it, do 20 years and all of those things. And I was having a blast. Uh, you know, I was jumping out of airplanes, I was, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things, classified operations, all those things. It was fun. It was really fun. But, you know, I can also say now that, you know. Staying in Tampa has been the best thing that ever could have happened for me. And, um, you know, Tampa has, in uh, the Tampa Bay region, has just been the most wonderful thing for me personally. And um, there were some dark periods and not knowing what's going to happen. You know what? You know, when I first got out of the military, was I going to the right company? You know, could I make that transition? You know, going from corporate to being an entrepreneur, going from having you know, venture capital backing to doing it yourself with your own money, you know, that, you know, that's, uh, that's scary, right? <laughs> Using your own money to, to, you know, bring a concept to reality, but, you know, don't be afraid of it. You know, that's what I would probably tell my 24 or 25 year old self. So, things are going to change. Don't be afraid of it. And just like I always say, attack the problem.
1: Well, those are, those are words to live by. Um, you know, I, obviously we're doing this podcast and uh, I like to, to listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, I, I try to pick up, you know, Gary V at least a couple times a month. And one of the things he religiously has talked about year after year after year is the topic of patience. And so often how there's this rush to, to you know, you see the folks from Airbnb or you see the folks, um, you know, what bird did initially and there's this urgency to try to get from point a to point b so quickly um when there you know time is on your side what's your thoughts on patience and you know how have you you know kept your focus over the
0: years well i'm probably the last guy on the planet that should be talking about patience that that's that's not one of my virtues (laughs) but i will tell you that um there's been lots of folks with the with the right idea, um, and the question is timing. Right? Does the timing work for X, Y, and Z? You know, if you go back in the telecom industry, there was a I can't remember the CEO's name. He was leading AT and T, and he thought that you should put internet, cable TV, and the phone all together in a bundle. And serve that to the to the consumer, and spent billions and billions of dollars assembling the the companies that could deliver that. Uh, but he was like five or ten years too 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 uh, early, and it turned out to be exactly the right thing, probably ten years down the road. So you know there is some value in patience and and all those things. Timing's very important. But, you know, there's not much more I can say on that because I'm not a very patient guy.
1: <laughs> did you know that Forbes magazine recently cited that over 70% of individuals who did personal development courses, masterminds, or one-on-one coaching benefited from improved work performance, relationships, and more effective communication skills? Here at PassionStruck, we are obsessed with self-development, coaching, and mentorship. That is why we've created a free resource to help you unlock your hidden potential because people doing great things in business and life are just like you they have just gotten some coaching along the way and we have got you covered so you can too let us show you the systems and frameworks that we teach growth-minded individuals to help them to unlock their purpose and live and build a passion-struck life that gets predictable results and gives you the freedom that you actually want go to passionstruck.com/coaching Right now, to get started. Well, um, out of curiosity, um, are there any things that that you're reading now, or or topics that uh, you you've been focusing on as we come to the tail end of 2020, and you know, setting our sights on the next year? You know, where where are you firing, finding your inspiration these days?
0: Well, you know, quite honestly, John, I will tell you that. I am always a student of leadership. It just comes from, you know, how I was raised uh, and certainly the military academy. Uh, West Point's, you know, really, really big on, on leadership. We study leadership. And I think that in the uncertain times that we're in and all that we've been through, really not only us, but around the, literally around the world, it really boils down to leadership. And I don't care if it's being a leader in the community, being a leader of your company, being a leader at your church, whatever it is, um, strong, positive leadership is the thing that can make a world of difference. And um, I'm always a student of it. I think, you know, certainly the pandemic uh, last year and how it's playing itself out now requires leadership. And, you know, because in the final analysis, you know, in uncertain times, people look for strong, positive leadership. No,
1: I, Absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, one, one thing, you know, many, many entrepreneurs or, you know, I would I'd say growth shifted uh, individuals sometimes feel like they can't, alter the path that they're on. So, you know, they're in a comfortable position. They have family to support, et cetera. You know, you, you and I both have kids and expectations, et cetera. What's your advice on how do you and balance, How do you put a balance to that? You know, and how do you put enough time into work, but also, you know, spend the time with your son and, you know, friends, et cetera?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, you know, those, that ebbs and flows. I will tell you, I think the most important part uh, is communicating, right? So, you know, if you've got a period of time where you know it's going to be tough, uh, you've got a lot on your plate, you know, you got to communicate that to those around you so that, you know, they know that, you know, we're sacrificing now so that it will be better later. And then you have to be disciplined. (laughs) You got to be disciplined in knowing when you got to kind of shift the focus, right? You know, you can work yourself to death. Absolutely. You can work, 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 work. But, you know, there comes a point where you got to spend time with the family, spend time with your friends and invest your time in in those relationships and all those things. That will ultimately reap its own rewards as well. So, you know, it's a tough. It's a tough question, um, especially if you're an entrepreneur. You can work all day every day, you know, twenty uh, every day of the year, and all those things. But you got you got to figure out when to to balance those things. And uh, I, you know, I don't pretend to have the right answer. There will be some giving and taking, and you got to uh, balance over the long term. Uh, it's not always going to be an even thing, but uh, you know, you have to invest in uh, the people around you as well,
1: right? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, my my girlfriend, you know, is a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, we really do completely different things. But um, it's so interesting at times, you know, with her alien eyes, looking at my situation, you know, you know, and taking myself away from it, you know, the difference of perspective that she gives me, you know, and, you know, I, I, I mean, you've been there, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, one one of the hardest things is you constantly are facing rejection, and you're Mm -hmm. getting beat up a lot. And, you know, I think, I don't know anyone, you know, even Elon Musk, or or others who at times don't feel like they need inspiration, or they need, you know, words of encouragement or other things. And I think that is something, you know, that uh, it's great to get out of your you know, little box, and spend time with family, friends, and others who can, you know, help you see perspective.
0: Absolutely, and I will tell you, uh, I, you, it's a great example of um, you know, tough. Uh, so, you know, Elon Musk uh, when uh, Tesla was rolling out the Model Three, that was a very critical uh, stage for that company in trying to go from high-end luxury cars to, you know. EVs for the masses, and um, you know, they were running out of cash, they had a lot of problems with production, early production, and it almost killed the company. And uh, that took a lot of time and effort, leadership, uh, to see that company through that very, very difficult period. But liquids transpired, and they popped out the other end, and now they're. One of the most the most valuable automotive company on the planet, right? So, uh, so that's a great great example of you know that balance. Sometimes it's going to get out of whack, right? Um, but ultimately, uh, in that particular case, it 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 paid off uh,
1: handsomely. Yeah, it's interesting you bring him up. Um, I I focus uh, in the upcoming book uh, I wrote. I I focus a whole chapter on Elon Musk, um, and it's mm-hmm. all about the concept of. I call it the birdle, the the bee and the turtle effect. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you know, be hardworking in your daily activities like the bee, but uh, like the turtle, have a long-term vision and strategy that you're moving out towards. But you now I happened to, you know, see him speaking and got to ask him a question, and he gave this example that, uh, you know, he had Tesla going on, and then he had SpaceX, and he had one other endeavor. And he was running out of money. He was down to, you know, he was self-funding all of these. Mm-hmm. And it came down to him, you know, do I put all the money in Tesla, you know, and make a go for it there and take my focus off the others? Or do I spread the money across all of them where I'm not going to have as much focus? And he ended up saying, I'm going to trust my hunch and I'm going to spread the money. And um, today you see how each one has turned out. But yeah it yep. d- it didn't come without taking uh, an enormous risk.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: that's right well, pretty- um, well, during a, a previous podcast uh, before this one, um i'm I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, you know Admiral Stockdale. And there's a principle that um, I was lucky enough uh, when I was between my plebe. Year um, going into my sophomore youngster year at the academy, he came in as a as a guest speaker, and I will never forget uh, the humility of how he talked about you know his experience of being a prisoner of war and telling us that you know he he didn't regret looking back at happening. In fact, it was one of the most important aspects of you know of of his life and a guiding principle. But during it, uh, you know, he brought up, you know, that during the course of your life, you're, you must, you know, recognize and and understand the brutal parts of your current reality, you know, and and then Jim Collins talked about red flag mechanisms that you can put in place to make sure, you know, you're recognizing and confronting the reality you're facing. Are there any? <laughs> Red flag mechanisms that you use that uh, the listeners might might want to understand that help you through you know facing your current reality.
0: I think you know the most important thing is you know there's always subtle changes, right? But usually, then there'll be one that'll pop up, and that will be you know the red star cluster, the red flag, whatever you want to call it, that really signals. A sea change I'll give you a perfect example. When we were starting the current company we're running right now, AC4S Technologies. we do tech support for businesses and nonprofits in the southeastern United States. We started the company and we were looking at you know cloud migrations and those kinds of things. It was about seven or eight years ago and people really weren't sure about using the cloud, implementing the cloud for their organizations, particularly, you know, good-sized companies. And, you know, there was a bit of work. And really, there were two things that, one was kind of subtle, and that was Apple's iCloud and how Apple's uh, iPhone would sync to the iCloud, and you could get your pictures, right, up in the iCloud. So that was kind of an evolutionary kind of a thing, and that was going along and the consumer was using it, but certainly large enterprises weren't there yet. And then the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, put out a contract and said that they were going to use the cloud for their stuff. It was a big deal. And uh, so to me, that was a watershed event. And we decided that we were going to capitalize on that because our pitch was if the CIA can use the cloud for their stuff, there's no company on the planet that says their value, their data is too valuable to go into the cloud. <laughs> But the evolutionary part was Apple's iCloud with the consumer, so I think you got you got to look at those subtle red flags and then the big one, right? You got to recognize what's going on.
1: I've got a little bit of an inside story on that story actually. I remember when that happened, and I've known uh, Mark Benioff and Parker Harris, uh, the two you know two of the co-founders from uh, Salesforce, for you know many many years, and I remember when um, they were trying to do the shift from, you know, from just private sector to going after the the public sector, and they started to get the government contracts. I remember having a conversation with Parker, because at that point, he didn't completely fully realize that in order to do this, they kind of commingled all their clients on one infrastructure. And in order to make this change, he didn't realize that they were going to have to complete, you know, make a completely separate instance of it for the government. And it was, yeah. you know, and if you can imagine, I mean, they by the time that happened, there were thousands of companies who were on the platform. So it was not a trivial, uh, a trivial thing. And I remember him going, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting <laughs> now to, to, you know, to. See where things have have gone with that for sure mm. Right. Um, well, Hugh, thank you so much for uh for your words of wisdom and covering so many items for me and uh you know for me, you know being an inspiration to so many throughout the the Tampa Bay community you know if there were one one last thing i I'd, I'd like to ask you you know since we're both veterans, you know I understand uh you know even to this day when we got out um. You know, it was difficult making that transition, and I still, you know, even though there are more paths, what advice would you give to you know veterans who are leaving the service on, you know, coming out and and what um, you know words of wisdom you might have for them?
0: Uh, John, thanks for that. That's uh, I appreciate um, ending on that note. Um, so first off, yes, it's going to be different, but for veterans and those people that are transitioning out, everybody. Uh, Gets out of the military at some point. (laughs) So it's just a matter of when. Don't be afraid of it. Um, You have been exposed to many, many things that's valuable uh, in the private sector. And I tell many of them that, you know, here's your your opportunity to come into the sunlight and and show uh, what you can do, how you can contribute, and all the things that you learned that can have a valuable, valuable place in in our communities and our societies and our companies and all those things. And for for some of those folks, um, depending on the path they choose, you know, it's it's about to be the most um, affluent time of your life. So it, it has that potential. So don't be afraid of it. This is gonna be a great and wonderful thing, making the transition. You just have to find your path.
1: That's great advice. Thank, thank you so much again for for coming on, and uh, thanks again, Hugh. Can't wait to see you again.
0: John, thanks so much. Appreciate it.
1: What a great interview with you. He talked about so many things that are useful for growth-minded individuals and entrepreneurs, from you know finding your purpose to understanding what the purpose of honor is outlining you know, his path to becoming a serial entrepreneur. In the next episode, I will discuss the importance of showing up. Showing up every single day of your life is a critical choice when it comes to the success of your business, your career, and individual success. Yet, I find so many today fail to do it on a regular basis. However, just when you think you've made it or don't have to work as hard, you need to realize that someone somewhere is already gaining an advantage over you and working to surpass you. And that's what we'll talk about. Make a choice, work every day, step into your sharp edges. Please share this podcast with your friends and subscribe at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast provider you use. Until next time, ignite your human potential. Thank you so much for joining us. The purpose of our show is to make passion go viral by sharing the knowledge and insights you can use to unlock your hidden potential. To hear more, please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd love this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes, where if you'd simply tell three of your most driven and motivated friends about the show and post to your social accounts, that would help us grow our PassionStruck community too. If you want more tools to unlock your potential, please make sure to also visit our website, passionstruck.com, to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Be sure to tune in on Tuesdays and Fridays for our next episodes. And remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.